Merry Christmas, everybody. If you're a guest with us and I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Scott, and I have the privilege of being the pastor here at Novation, and we're delighted that you chose to spend your Christmas Eve with us for one quick hour, but to celebrate Christ and what He's done for us. So I want to take you through some verses that I believe God would have for all of us in this room to meet us where we're at and to take this story about Jesus and Christmas and make it so much more than just, um, you know, some marketing thing or toys or any, all those things are great, but to get to the heart of the matter. Jesus came into this world about 2,000 years ago, but 700 years before he came into the world, 700 years before God the Son came into this world, what we've been talking about, what we've been singing about, the prophet Isaiah, he wrote these words, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 700 years later, just what we, I love that kid video, the way they explain things, and then um, to see what happened in the fulfillment of something that was written 700 years prior to, and how Jesus fulfilled it perfectly. Uh, in Luke 2, 8 through 14, it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Prince of Peace, one of the titles of Jesus was Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace came into this unpeaceful world to bring you and I true peace and eternal peace. And you know this, that the, def the definition of peace is an absence of strife, an absence of conflict. And I wonder in your life tonight, internally and externally, is there an absent, absence of conflict, an absence of strife, or do you find yourself kind of tied up in a conflict? Because peace can be such an elusive thing. We hear stories about, you know, on the news about nations having peace treaties or peace talks, never ever really finding that. Peace can be elusive because we tend to look for it in the, the wrong places, maybe in the wrong things, the things that we think will bring peace in our life actually become peace takers. And we, we know stories. I just 
watched a story about a famous rock star who had everything that, you know, we say makes us happy in this world. He had money. He had fame. He, he didn't lack anything, so to speak, and yet he lacked total peace. And so the things that, that, that we think are going to bring us peace end up robbing it from us. And maybe tonight, as you've come into this building and come to, to worship in this place, maybe you're thinking, if I just had fill in the blank, I would have peace. If I just had the right relationship, if I just had a spouse, if I just had the right career or the right amount of money, then I would have peace. But the reality is those things can actually be the biggest peace takers. And one of the biggest things that robs us of our peace, especially in the holidays, is grief. I know my family is grieving in a different way this year than we ever have before by losing loved ones. And maybe you've lost a loved one this year, or just the thought of Christmas and all of this leaves a little bit of a hole in your heart because someone's missing. I believe God wants to give you and I three gifts this Christmas, that if we'll take them and receive them and open them, we will have the peace that we need no matter what happens around us. And they all have to do with getting to know the Prince of Peace. And the first gift that I believe God wants to give us is upward peace. And that's peace with God, an upward peace with God himself. Nothing will work in our lives until we have peace with God, until we have his peace living on the inside of us. I, uh, I remember when I was first a Christian, I saw a bumper sticker. And I'm not a big, you know, bumper sticker Christianity guy. I don't put them on my car because I don't always drive so great, so I don't want to like... Have people say, oh, there goes another one of those, right? But, uh, you know, this bumper sticker always did stick out to me. And it said, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus and no peace. And that is so true. Why did, the, why did Jesus come into this world as the, the babe or the child in the manger? Why did he come? He came on a rescue mission. We have to remember that. He stepped out of, 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 of eternity into time and space so that he could become one of us, so that he would grow up as a man to be a sacrifice for our sins. Christmas is really about Easter. It's about the child who would live a perfect life and die a brutal death on a cross, but then triumphantly overcome death and sin by being raised from the dead. You know, Sin is a, it's a hard thing to talk about sometimes because sin robs us of our peace for sure because we feel guilt, we feel shame, we know we've wronged God, we know we've wronged others. And to understand what sin really is is to understand the heart of the gospel. That Jesus was, he came to, to, to live a perfect life and to die on the cross in our place. That when we put our trust in him, that we can know that we have eternal life. In the book of Colossians, it says this about Jesus. The apostle Paul writes, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. When you and I sin, or our sins 
have created a debt to God. And it se- sin separates us from God. Um, though we don't realize it maybe on a daily basis, after a while you feel that void, you feel that shame, you feel that emptiness, and how can I be right with God? How can I work off this debt? Can I do something to be good enough to please God for him to, to cancel the debt? And the truth is we can never be good enough for God to cancel our debt of sin. Through Jesus, God canceled our debt. Through what Jesus did on the cross, and when we put our faith in that, God cancels our debt of sin. We can be free from all the guilt, and we can be free from all the shame. But what you got to do this Christmas is open that gift. When you open presents tonight or tomorrow, whatever your tradition is, when you get a gift, you receive it and you open it. And what God would say to all of us in this room is receive and open the gift, And the beauty of it is, here's what happens. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, that's opening the gift, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. The Apostle Paul was was an amazing man. He, before becoming a follower of Jesus, persecuted Christians. He killed Jesus' followers. And yet Jesus showed him incredible mercy and said, you're going to be my mouthpiece to preach the good news and the gospel. You're going to experience it, and then you're going to go spread it throughout the world. And he, Paul ended up writing three quarters of the New Testament in the Bible. In all of his letters, Paul always starts his letters to these different churches where he preached the gospel and would start a church. He would say, grace and peace to you. And I was thinking about that, that grace always precedes peace. There has to be mercy. There has to be uh, unconditional favor given before we're going to have true peace. God has extended that grace to each one of us tonight so that we can be at peace with him. The second gift is inward peace. So we have peace with God through Jesus, and then we have an inward peace, a peace of mind, so to speak. There's you know, if peace is the absence of strife, do you have an inward strife tonight? Maybe you feel depressed. Maybe there's just an anxiousness or a fear or a worry or a doubt, and it's inward. It's, it's not outward. It's inside of you. I, I got to say it again. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, and you'll know peace. And that's important to remember that to have the inward peace I got to know Jesus. Without him, life doesn't make sense. With him, we begin to understand why we exist and what he has for our lives. Jesus said something amazing in the gospel of John to his disciples, and it's for us too. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Man, that's awesome. The peace that Jesus gives to us is relational. It's not circumstantial. It's being in a relationship with God through Jesus, where the peace is not based on my surroundings or my circumstances. When Jesus says, my peace I give you, not as the world gives it, but as as I give it to you. The world's peace is, and you and I are at peace when we have enough money, right? We have enough peace when we're in Cabo. We have enough peace when life is great and all of that, and we have the bills are paid. 
But Jesus is saying that the peace that he gives to us supersedes our circumstances and our surrounding. How do we do that? Well, Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Life brings storms. I've been caught in some funky storms at lakes before, at, at the beach or whatever, where just things are thunder, lightning, rain, wind. And that can be pretty crazy, right? Well, life brings those same kinds of storms through trials and tests. And sometimes he calms the storms so that we can have peace. Sometimes he just says enough and, and he stops whatever trial there is. But I would say even most of the time, he calms our heart in the midst of the storm. And he, when it's thunder, lightning, raining, all of that, he gives us a peace in our heart and calms our hearts so that we can be at peace. The last gift that I believe Jesus wants to give us, that God wants to give us to open and receive this year, is outward peace. And that's a peace with others. Peace with God, peace of mind, and in peace with others. And I know in a room this size with this many people, it's, it's guaranteed that some of you are experiencing relational strife. There is a broken home. There's a divorce. There is friendships that are broken. There's difficulties in your life relationally. It's inevitable. We're sinful people. Hurt people hurt people, right? And we just keep passing that on. But God wants us to experience peace. He wants us to have an absence of strife in our relationships. Again, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, and then you know peace even in your relationships. Even in the most difficult relationship you have now, you can have peace. Romans 12, 8, the Apostle Paul says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can. And the key to that is you and I can't control people. You can't control the actions of the per person that you're not at peace with or where there's strife with. You can't control them, but you can control your response. You can make a choice to forgive. You can make a choice to overlook. And you might say, hey, Scott, you have no idea what I'm going through. I don't. I got my own stuff in my life to deal with. All of us do. And we have the difficult circumstances sometimes with people. But we're told in the scriptures to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I know God has forgiven me of so much sin. And he says, Scott, forgive as I forgave you, even when people wrong you. That's hard to do. Forgiveness is canceling a debt. God canceled our debt of sin when we put our faith in Jesus. So I can't cancel my sin with God. I can't work hard enough but I can cancel the, the debt of sin that people do towards me, and so can you. And you do that through forgiveness. You do that by making a choice that you're not going to take revenge, that you're not going to keep bringing it up. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Don't ever confuse that. Forgiveness is an action and a choice inside our hearts. I wrote out a prayer. Would you stand to your feet with me? I, I wrote out a prayer as we are going to go back into some singing and some carols and, and light our candles. I wrote out a prayer that I believe if you're in this room tonight and you've never put your trust 
in Jesus, you've never said, Jesus, be my Savior, be my Lord, then in this prayer, if you're praying this from your heart, you can know that you've just made peace with God. He's already extended that towards you. You're saying, I receive it. And we're going to pray in this prayer also a prayer to ask God to give us inner peace as well as peace with others. There's going to be some words on the screen. And if you'd like to pray with me tonight, maybe it's the first time you've trusted in Jesus. And for the rest of us, maybe it's just a reaffirmation of our trust in him. Let's pray this out loud together. Lord Jesus, tonight I want to receive your gift of peace. Jesus, I confess that you're the only way to everlasting life, peace. I confess to you that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you died for me and rose again from the grave so that I could have peace with God. Lord, you are my only hope of inner peace. I ask you to calm the storms inside my heart and mind with your peace. Help me to have peace with myself. Lord, I also desire peace in my relationships with the people in my life. Help me to be a peacemaker and not a peacetaker. Thank you, Prince of Peace, for your gift of peace. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen. The good news of Jesus is that we move from darkness to light. And when Jesus came into this world and he began to proclaim who he was and demonstrate who he was, he said that he was the light of the world. And the cool part about light is it exposes the darkness. It illuminates the darkness. So when Jesus came into my life 25 years ago, he illuminated his light and life inside my heart. And my life has not been perfect ever since I trusted in Jesus, but I have his light and his life in me to take me from here on into eternity. So we're going to be passing out some candles, and they have a little switch on them. We, uh, we can't do fire in our room or we'll all be soaking wet when we blow out our candles, so you don't want that. But it is cool. We did this last year. We're going to light up this room one candle at a time, representing your life, my life together, and the light of Jesus inside of us. Father, as we sing, we trust you, we love you, fill our hearts with your light. Amen.